0: Welcome to Overcome Podcast In today's episode, I'm going to talk with my friend Greg McCoy NPC, bodybuilding competitor 12 years experience in the personal training field And a lot of information to share about some of his injuries over the the years Mainly uh, around uh, his experience in turning his bicep And how he recovered Things that he has done and some other very insightful information Greg McCoy, my friend Welcome to Overcome Podcast Really glad to have you here It was about time to, to have you I mean, it's supposed to be the first one And, and you are on the episode 7 now <laughs>
1: Hey, Yuri, thank you, man It's, uh, it's great to be here and uh, that's not surprising at all. Um, we're two busy guys and then you're an efficient guy. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you're already seven episodes in. Um, but I'm glad we could connect and talk about getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> getting yeah. hurt and getting better. Yeah, yep, Which exactly. is
0: something that I know that you have a lot of stories to tell. Uh, but.
1: Hey, if, uh, you, uh, if you push the envelope and push the limits, uh, sometimes you find it. That's kind of part of uh, a part of pushing it, right? Yeah, I remember you saying that to me
0: exactly on the day that I have this injury, uh, yep. <laughs> uh, which was uh, 65 days ago. Uh, it feels like yesterday, but uh, at the same time, it feels like an eternity uh, to not be back yeah. and, and doing the things that I love. But uh, switching gears here... Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because when I first met in 2010, uh, 2010 2011, you just recently had uh, uh, torn your biceps doing uh, deadlifts, I think. Uh, and I think it was like a power building uh, competition, something like that, right?
1: Yeah, I was in an SPF powerlifting meet that we were hosting um, at Metroflex Plano when I owned Metroflex Plano. And. Um, you want me to tell the story real quick about Of course about yeah I want to yeah. hear all, everything <laughs> okay yeah so um, a powerlifting meet for those of you that don't know consists of um, three lifts a squat a bench press and a deadlift you get three attempts at each lift and then whoever has the most weight added up um, from their best lifts wins their weight class or their division um, since uh, I had been training for this in my first powerlifting meet. I squatted, I think, 670, um, which was awesome. Um, I got some powerlifter uh, respect out of that one. And then I came to the bench press and I failed. I, I completed the lift. I, I can't remember what the weight was. I think um, 430 or 440, somewhere in there. And um, I failed not because I couldn't lift it, but my I kept lifting my my butt off the seat as a bodybuilder we don't uh, we lift differently than competitive lifters Mm -hmm. so um, and why I tell that story is because at that point um, if you fail one of the lifts you're disqualified so I technically got disqualified during the bench press but since I had trained for this and because I was the host um, I made my case to the judges hey guys Um, I know that it doesn't count, I'm disqualified, but let me pull my deadlifts, like I've been training hard for this, I want to pull the deadlifts. So like sure Greg, of course. (laughs) So um, I open up with what will be a PR for me, which is a a 530. Um, You started with that, was your first lift. Yeah, my first lift was a 530 deadlift and I hit it. So I was already like ecstatic, Um, that was a a PR for me at the time, Um, I got the lift. So at this point, everything is bonus. And so my training partner at the time, Craig Koffler, um, kind of helped me prepare for this meet. Um, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him your weight, but I'm not gonna tell you what it is. So I was like, all right, man, do it. If it doesn't scare me, then uh, it's not heavy enough. So he um, ups my PR by just 10 pounds, uh, 540 on the bar. Um, and I, uh, he tells me right before, I'm like, hey, it's 540, so I'm getting psyched up. The 530 was like, it did not come up easy. Um, it was a fight, so anything above that and at the end of the day was gonna be difficult. But anyways, I, I'm getting myself psyched up and um, I go, I grip the bar. And if you've ever seen a powerlifting meet, it's a uh, it's, it's a very exciting moment. Like yeah, yeah. you're kind of smacking each other around, you're getting yourself um, ready for this maximum uh, strength event. And so I yank the bar up, um, the bar flies off the ground Um, and then about three quarters of the way up, I feel this like Velcro tearing sensation inside my bicep. Um, and, but I didn't, I had so much adrenaline. Um, I didn't really, it didn't hurt. Um, but, but I obviously, I I knew in my mind, my bicep just ripped, but I, um, I went, I kept going with the lift. Like it didn't, wasn't a sudden pain that made me stop. Um, so I locked out the lift. Um, I got my white lights and I Set it down, and I, uh, Tana was. Uh, I told her we were doing this interview, so we were kind of talking about it this morning, and she's like, "I'll never forget it. You just like calmly looked at me like a psychopath, <laughs> and said, and said I just tore my bicep, and I just walked off like, um, you know, like I got to take a call, you know, something like completely like nobody believed me because." I've seen bicep tears in powerlifting meets and it usually looks horrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But whatever reason... And the pain. And the pain. Everyone that has a bicep tear usually said they're extremely painful. So I'm really surprised they didn't feel pain. The pain came. Trust me. I I felt all of it. But uh, not in that moment. In that moment, um, I finished my lift and um, I knew what had happened and I set the bar down and and I walked off and um, sure enough, just like the stories, you know, tell like the... You know, my biceps started to, to slide into my shoulder because it was disconnected at that point. So, yeah, that was, that was how it happened. Wow, well, wow. Well. So, uh, you said that you
0: the the pain came after. So, you didn't feel anything during the time? I mean, not you just felt that sensation but not really that sharp pain because people say there's usually a sharp pain.
1: Honestly, I don't remember it being painful. Um, I I know that I felt like a Velcro separation sensation. It's nothing I've ever felt before. Thank goodness. Um, but it it felt like, you know, Velcro within my muscle just tearing apart. Um, I don't know if I could hear it. Um, I feel like I could, but um, it was obvious to me what happened. But, I mean, I, I'm not like uh, pain adverse. Like you know, I feel pain, um, not, I wouldn't even say I have the highest pain tolerance, like, mm-hmm. of the people I train with, I would say I'm average um, on pain tolerance, so I don't know, but, because uh, I didn't just drop it, like, you think if something hurt, yep. I would exactly. have yeah, reacted, but I didn't, you know, I finished the lift, and I set it back down, and I just told, you know, I told Tana, like, hey, I just tore my, my bicep, <laughs> and I bolted for the lobby.
0: Wow. Well, that is. What are you doing? the, the deadlift, uh, over under with the hands. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. one that you got uh, torn. It was the over or the under?
1: The under. And and that's you know that's the concern with that grip style. And I don't like uh, that grip style, man. I never do deadlift with that grip style. I don't advise it either, unless you're a competitive powerlifter. And even then, if you can learn what's called the hook grip, um, that's a safer option. Um, but I've learned that bodybuilders, you know, or people that train a lot of biceps that try powerlifting, um, it happens because what you get into the position where the weight starts to stick and you know, your body's smart, it tries to do anything it can to get the weight to the top. And if, if you're used to using your biceps, you know, you'll inadvertently try to curl and you can't curl 540 pounds. That's never going to work. So Mm -hmm. it curled until it snapped. Yeah. Uh... But is it mandatory to use that grip for powerlifting? No, no, no It's you're stronger that way like because most bodybuilders and myself included will train with straps a lot of the times Because we're more interested in fatiguing our back than our grips. So our grips are weaker um, So a lot of times the over under grip um, can give you a, a grip advantage um, because there's some pushing pressure into the bar not just your grip um, but a lot of guys that want to continue doing a double overhand and, and you're not allowed to use straps in a competition, um, will use what's called a hook grip. Um, but that takes practice, it's not something... You know you can't walk up to the bar and try to do your best lift of your entire life and use a new grip style for the first time. Do
0: you believe that you would have the same injury if you were doing a different grip?
1: No, had I trained uh, with using a hook grip, I don't think I would have injured myself. Because you, you probably,
0: as you said, you probably try to curl, right?
1: Yeah, because if you use a hook grip, you know, both your hands can be in the overhand position. Yeah. Um, and that alleviates most all of the um, risk for a bicep tear. There's a lots of risks in, in a max effort deadlift. It's uh, it's not the safest thing you can try in the gym. Um, yeah. But it alleviates most of the risk from a bicep tear. Uh,
0: but how it was okay so you you walk away like very calmly and everything and i remember seeing the pictures when the bruise start to to come down pretty bad uh horrible purple i mean all all across your arm and uh did you do any surgery to put that back
1: yeah so um i went immediately to the hospital it was pretty obvious all they could do is really give me painkillers and um, as a, I forget what my age was at the time, maybe twenty, twenty-three, 23, um, and had already been pretty successful in bodybuilding. Um, getting a good repair was important to me. Um, so I went to the, the, the Texas Rangers doctor, Dr. Kevin Meister, um, and he was able to get me in within a week. So I had a week of, um, unrepaired bicep and I had a lot of bleeding, um, which thankfully it didn't happen, but they were very worried about compartmental syndrome, which is where your body walls off, um, a part of the body And, it, and if that happens, you, you know, it can lead to even amputation. So, um, it got dangerous there to wait, to wait the full week, but, um, they checked on me and, um, they thought that the, um, repair was going to be a reattachment. Um, but turns out once they got into the arm, so I went, I was put under, um, you know, to get my bicep reattached. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I woke up, they informed me that um, after I ate graham crackers and, and whatever, you know, came back to life, <laughs> they they informed me that it was worse than they thought. Oh wow! Um, my bicep, my bicep tendon actually um, exploded. Um, it didn't just like tear, like the whole thing was obliterated. Um so i had i woke up to the news that they had installed a an achilles tendon from a cadaver in place of my bicep tendon wow. so i no longer have a bicep tendon i have someone else's achilles tendon holding my bicep on. that
0: is crazy wow <laughs> i didn't know that all those years yep. and i never knew that this was the secret for your biceps yeah <laughs>
1: yeah so i think I, um, had I known, I would have requested like a sprinter <laughs> or a, uh, an Olympic high jumper, you know, who <laughs> in years past, I don't know whose bicep I got that's there. They don't release that information, but I did get to write an anonymous letter um, to thank them. Wow. Jeez, that's crazy. Now, in
0: between, uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, in between the... The time that you had an injury and the surgery, you took completely off from exercising, right? You, you didn't go to the gym, you did anything, right?
1: Well, at my profession as a personal trainer and gym owner, I was still at the gym every day. I, uh, you know, a, a brand new entrepreneur, I couldn't afford not to go to the gym, but I did no exercise. <laughs> okay, so you're not training,
0: and then you had the surgery, and how long it was the recovery until you w- went back to train?
1: Yeah, so um, it was, and my timeline will be a bit blurry here, but it was 14 weeks. Um, the progression basically was I was in a in a sling um, for probably I don't know two to, two to four weeks. I know that the week after my surgery, I went to um, the Arnold Classic, um, and I actually worked as a photographer at the show um, as a as a way to get there. And then I had some clients in the Arnold um, Amateur, but that was within a week, because I was on painkillers the whole time and I was in a sling um, for my freshly repaired bicep. And then from there I was put into a brace where every week they would give me more and more um, extension. Yeah. Yeah, and then after 14 weeks I lost the brace and that was when I could start lightly using the arm again. But I think within, not Not much longer after a week, um I was able to start training the rest of my body, which I'm sure we'll get into, but was a big part of my successful recovery
0: yeah, yeah, um well, you were young, you well way way younger, but uh you you just had uh, a gin, as you said, you would start that business right away, you were extremely involved, so I don't think that you actually felt that much uh, psychologically the fact that you would not be able to train because you were you know living the environment and you're doing your stuff um so it was not really a high a huge impact on your mental uh game right
1: yeah i think the biggest uh mental stress for me was when it first happened was you know i had just started to have some success in competing in bodybuilding the only reason I did a powerlifting meet was to make me a better bodybuilder. I was trying to gain size. Um, I had just won my first overall. Um, You know, I was already thinking about national level competing. And then to have um, a big muscle tear like that, and you see bad bicep repairs, you know, will I be good at bodybuilding again? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Um, So, that that was stressful prior to you know, and Dr. Meister put me at ease somewhat, but he couldn't promise that it would. He's like, I promise it'll work again. Good. you'll be. It won't hold you back physically, but your sport is based on appearance. Will it look the same? I can't promise that. So that, that was the biggest stress for me was, was this going to impact, you know, kind of my goals and dreams as a bodybuilder.
0: And honestly, I never noticed anything different uh, from one bicep to the other. Uh, and I think uh, when you do front double bicep, that there is no difference on symmetry or anything. So it was a really good job.
1: Yeah, it, um, it, there is no visual evidence that I can tell, um, especially looking at the poses. And um, it, if anything, it stands up just a tad bit taller. Um, so that's kind of my secret weapon I gained. You know, I tore my bicep to get some extra peak. <laughs> um, but I will say, for the first time ever, um, I did a DEXA scan this year. I've done a lot of submersion tests for my body fat, you know, to track all of that. Well, I did a DEXA scan this year, and they actually take, um, you get um, muscle weight by the limb. And so I found out, no, surprise me, but my left arm was a full one pound lighter than my right arm. So there is some atrophy in there. Um, why you can't see it, you know, I'm not sure. But they measure the same, um, and they look the same. But there's a pound missing in there somewhere.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Because yeah, you know, I mean, one pound is a lot.
1: If you yeah, think about for an arm, I mean, it's, it's not uh, a heavy. You know, most of your weight's not in your limbs. Yeah, that's so, crazy. You one know. pound is a lot. I'm surprised with that.
0: Yeah. And. Uh, It was the Texas State, the first uh, championship that you compete after this injury?
1: No, I did. uh, I actually ended up getting ready a little early. And um, TJ, who was on the show with you earlier, TJ and I did The Heart of Texas. Oh, The Heart of Texas. Um, Yeah, so The Heart of Texas when when I met you in 2011. That's when I met you. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that was my... So that was your comeback show. How did you do on that show? Man, so the bicep tear was in February and that show was in September. So I always tell people that because um, I uh, interact with a lot of people with torn biceps, unfortunately, in this world, you know, a lot of a lot of that's a big a common injury in our sport. Um, but I tell them, hey, you know, I I tore my bicep in February and I was competing and winning again in September. Um, so I did well. I got um, I got second place at that show. Um, I believe in the light heavyweights class Um, and I looked I looked great I was really happy with it I wasn't that wasn't the show I intended to do I was getting ready for for Texas State and that show was maybe uh, three four weeks early and I was ready in advance so I, I went ahead and did it
0: so when you had the injury you basically did you keep the same diet or were you more strict on diet because you were not exercising
1: Yeah, so that was my approach. Basically, for the powerlifting meet, I was really trying to gain size. So my calories were high. I was lifting heavy. And then I got hurt. And, um, you know, I was still I was very dedicated to my training. I still trained all three body parts. And I essentially went into um, a prep style diet. I said, well, if I can't get bigger, um, I at least will get in shape. So I dieted hard. um, And I got, you know, I was my I was small um, because I couldn't train properly, really. Um, but I dieted really hard, and I got in into good condition. And that way, when the summer came and I was able to start training again, I could start to, you know, increase the calories and kind of grow into my um, my bodybuilding prep. Mm-hmm. So it, it worked out to be a good a good plan for me. But why did you say that? Keep training
0: the other uh, muscles w- was really important to you because were you never concerned about training biceps, for example, in one side while the other one is still not not uh, functional?
1: Yeah, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't too worried about the match. Um, I knew like that my training, even you know, doing one arm, I probably wouldn't make progress on that arm. It was pretty much going to be maintaining. Um, but I did some cool shit like uh, I, I know that I did I have a picture of this somewhere But I did a hundred and forty pound incline press with one arm, which was like a pretty impressive feet Feet because I would hold the the torn arm off to the side and press with one arm and you get a little bit of rotational Advantage with that lift, but yeah anyways, I wasn't I knew that I wouldn't improve the other sides of my body mm-hmm. while I was hurt and um, just because the training would be it wouldn't be as good. So I was like, I'm gonna just train full bore and hope to maintain myself on the other limbs. And then when this arm gets better, I'll catch it back up. Um, but I think the real advantages came from the recovery aspect because training, it's it's so good for your your body as a whole, not just the muscle that's getting worked. So while I did no direct work on the my left upper body, um, well, really just this left limb, I mean, I still use my abdominals and erectors and all those things. Um, that uh, stimulation and circulation and the hormonal environment and all the benefits that you get from training still applied to that arm even though it wasn't getting direct work. And I would go in to the doctor and, you know, they were just continually um, very impressed with the recovery that I was able to do. And and it shows i mean i was competing you know nine months seven months later so yeah. uh, it, it worked well no absolutely and and I, I and chip has the same problem
0: torn biceps and uh yeah. and he was saying the same thing about uh, the the recovery process the importance of keep training the other uh body parts um that will help
1: uh, uh, the other arm you yeah know, that, that i think it's big uh here too you mm-hmm. know to feel like you still have a purpose um to, to get in there and you can still while it might not be the same progress you would have made it still progress to some degree and and you're going to shorten that comeback time um dramatically now
0: when uh this is a question that i always ask uh regarding injuries when you came back 14 weeks after and you start training uh the biceps after the the, the surgery and the healing and everything Were you a lot, uh, did you have any hesitant moment of, I'm not going to pull this too hard? I mean, it was like a very progressive and slow uh, comeback, uh, the strength level and the confidence level.
1: Yeah, um, it was really interesting. And, you know, for me, like, and anyone that enjoys bodybuilding, um, you're obviously interested in how the body functions. And to me, it was kind of like this amazing science experiment that I got to participate in. So I pull my arm out of this cast for the first time, right? And it's like, you know, it was maybe 18, 19 inches, and now it's like 12, you know? It looks weird. Like I have a picture, I'll try to send it to you if it helps for the content, but I have a picture of me holding up both arms, and one is like a 12-year-old boy, and one looks like a competitive bodybuilder, and it's it was strange. <laughs> you know and i obviously i had atrophy all in my chest because i couldn't really press you know the left side shoulders, of my shoulders probably yeah shoulder everything that whole side was just like you know was so thin um but it was because i stayed so lean it was really strange it looked like very ripped but like with very small muscles <laughs> so <laughs> i looked like a ripped child um on that arm <laughs> <laughs> but it was weird though um you know i could i had you know i started with five-pound dumbbells or whatever um, and you know, slowly made progress. And even competing, um, so maybe I was out of, what's 14 weeks after fe- February? That'd be March, April, May. So say by June, you know, I'm back uh, training full speed or training with all my limbs. Um, even in September when I competed, I was far from full strength, but I had full size. Mm-hmm. So, that's always kind of an interesting point is that my muscle size came back, but it took me probably a year to fully supinate my arm. I mean, I couldn't do an underhand pull-up or row or anything for a year or more. Um, so the size But because back...
0: you were not feeling confident or because it hurt?
1: Function. I mean, my arm, I don't know if you can see in the video, but my arm wouldn't go past here and it took a year to gain full supination really? you know with physical therapy and and exercise wow it just yeah i mean just didn't do this it just was like pushing against something that wasn't going to move and it it took it took a year to get full supination back and and then finally i would start to trust it again i mean just out of just out of fear so how how were
0: you doing curls without
1: supinating your hand we you doing just with dumbbells Yeah, hammer curls or an easy bar curl, you know, you don't have supination, Um, and I would try to grab a light barbell and and force myself into a supination position, not for the movement, but just for therapy. Mm -hmm. That was a difficult breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was different, Um, but it was cool, like, you know, um, it was strange that the muscles were so much weaker, but still could look the same, so that's pretty amazing.
0: And, and how uh, and how long it was between that picture that you took where you have like a 12 years old uh, biceps until you feel like wow that's pretty cool like a month
1: or less than a month oh, mm, more than a month actually. and I don't remember I mean it was three months until I was you know second place as a light heavyweight in Texas which is no small feat yeah, no, um, you,
0: you were huge I remember that day
1: so yeah I don't I don't remember how long the size came back but it was quick I mean it was like You know you're growing by by the day almost yeah i I
0: feel like it is uh less than a month because i was not in a cast uh i was in a what they call split uh from my knee down and uh, for probably five weeks uh last week i took off the the this uh this split and then put a boot but uh, at home i i removed the boot i just put the boot to leave the house and last mm. week it was the first week that my calf starts to move. So yeah. it was it was like dead, right? It was like very yeah. soft, you know, like ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous thin. I was like, man, that looks that looks terrible. And then on this first day I started using and just making some movement. Next day I was so sore. I mean, it was so yeah. sore uh, that I th- it was n- it, it felt like a heavy workout just because I started moving again yeah i'm not sure if you felt this when you start moving your arm but the soreness was ridiculous
1: man i I honestly i wish i remember i I really don't I'm i'm sure that it was it was probably like you know you don't use a muscle for three months um you know it's gonna get beat up pretty bad from doing very little yeah yeah uh
0: but uh, you also told me that you had some other injury. Um, that was probably the the most scary
1: one because you had to do surgery. Yeah. But you yeah. have probably on the knee as well. Yeah, I had a, a meniscus tear. Um, I, I think that I did it leg pressing in college. Um, no, but no, no that, but no surgery, right? No, I had surgery. Um, but it was a it was pretty minor. Like my knee was just getting very sore. I couldn't keep it. Um, like driving was very painful for me, I, I, like a long drive, like driving from Oklahoma back to Texas when I was in college. It, my knee would get really, really stiff. And um, so I had some pain, but it wasn't like I worked through the pain. It wasn't like debilitating. And then I finally got it checked out and it was a torn meniscus and a meniscus doesn't get blood supply. So it's basically, you, you don't even repair it really. They just kind of trim it um to to help it hurt less and so i had a scope done on that i think i was on crutches maybe three four days and out of training you know two weeks to a month at max it was not a big setback though Mm -hmm. yeah definitely the bicycle was the biggest one that you probably had and 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 then i've had some some minor tears um thank god they were minor enough to kind of keep you honest though but I had uh, actually on my VMO, so the teardrop muscle of your quad, on each leg, um, I had an incident where I felt a um, a very minor version of what I felt in my biceps. So I felt kind of a very minor Velcro sensation mm-hmm. in my teardrop. Um, and so, the first time was really stupid of me because I couldn't tell, like, did I feel that or not? Like, that felt, that felt like, the velcro you know but I wasn't certain and it didn't hurt and I finished my workout <laughs> so that was risky and I I remember the first one happened I was training with with Max Fairchild who's a, an animal and uh, you know I was doing 400-pound barbell squats after I did that and uh, and then it the next day it was like a dark purple circle and it was raised um, and so I got it checked out and it was kind of a micro tear um, and that took about a month. And then I did the same thing on the other quad. Um and but same thing. It was like, you know, about a month of being careful and uh and I got some therapy done. I did a lot of dry needling really helped with that one. Yeah. Um and uh yeah. So dry dry needling and and just taking care of the area and then, you know, it came back. During the
0: the, um, the recovery from the, the tear biceps that you had yeah. uh, Did you had any sort of uh, uh, special supplementation to help recovery uh, Aside from vitamin D, uh, probiotics any, Anything that you were, was reading at that time That you said, well, this probably is going to help uh, through my healing process
1: yeah, I was using. Man, it's been a while. Um, I know that I was heavy on, obviously, on on glutamine and um, more of a dose of. You know, I've always, you know, I always recommend a baseline multivitamin, but um, I, I think I was just doubling up on that. I was, you know, using fish oil for inflammation. Um, I think that they had the doctor may have had me on low dose um, aspirin. Mm-hmm. Um, to to prevent clotting and stuff because I have a compartmental compartmental syndrome but that was really it i mean it was nothing more than i really did on a regular basis because this was you know most of the kind of minor injuries i've had have been done to the joint um which this was a a muscle tear so it was though the muscle is actually i think um I, i guess it was really a tendon not the muscle but it was soft tissue nonetheless so you know blood blood's blood supply was the big thing versus, you know, a lot of these joint issues, you know, you're wanting to take things, you know, to to regrow that um that the soft tissue that connect the connected tissue.
0: Yeah. yeah. interesting. Interesting because uh there are some supplements I've been reading uh that can help, you know, with uh with healing process and everything. But my doctor also said just make sure that you have a lot of vitamin D is 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 probably the most important one for you. Uh, at this
1: point uh, uh, had I torn my bicep within the past two two, years my program would have probably been much more advanced but at 23 <laughs> uh, I think it was like man throw some glutamine and some multivitamins <laughs> on it and hope that it grows back right <laughs> yeah I'm taking glutamine too uh, for sure uh, uh, but yes definitely um, and, uh, and then certainly I'm sure that I did this too uh, just knowing where my head was at at that time I'm sure that I was heavy on the aminos just because I was probably so scared to lose all my muscle, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can guarantee you my mindset back then, you know, as soon as I knew I was going to be out of the gym, I was still on a high protein diet and I was still slamming amino acids for both repair and for you know to prevent muscle loss that was the big fear for me did you did you drop carbs um so
0: because you pre as you said you basically uh started like a prep diet so did you drop yeah
1: carbs? i was pretty much into a contest prep diet and i was um yeah so it was lower carb i kept some probably kept some fats in if i remember just to, for the uh anti-inflammatory effect but you know i was doing fasted cardio and the whole nine um to just try to get kind of ripped um even since i couldn't get big <laughs> yeah that's always
0: a good plan uh i i kept the same diet that we were working before i basically kept the same thing i just actually removed uh in half the amount of carbs uh, i tried to to decrease the carbs too uh in two weeks from now uh, two weeks ago i started uh, lifting again upper body um uh, lightweight right now very light doing a lot of bands doing a lot of things like that uh because I still don't cannot do a lot of things um standing um so a lot of uh bench press uh, flies shoulders uh, uh, chest arms so that's what I'm doing right now it's helping to keep myself sane right because uh, yeah. those initial 4 weeks without lifting were mind-wrecking I mean I was feeling yeah. extremely depressed to be honest yeah it was horrible and, and that's what and I like said I could... you, you never you never had this problem because even if you were not working out you were within the environment and you were like yeah. you know living that moment so and it, at that point you also had the, the your head focus on the gym because you just opened that gym during that time
1: yeah, so I would say the psychological side for me was was not was not a big problem. I can I can I definitely feel for you, for your situation, and um, I, I maybe I may have hurt more for yours than for mine psychologically because you know I've been coaching you for a, a decade now, and um, man, we were really hitting stride with your program. Um, you know, it's I don't I can't remember a time in. Training with Yuri, where I've been adding food and you were dropping body weight and body yeah, fat. that
0: was uh, that was great, man. <laughs> that was a great feeling, making really good progress, and uh, thing happens. But again, it, it usually happens when you, when you just are are not is not a situation that you can prevent. And this is what I keep telling. I told my wife, said, look, the movement that I did is something that I always did before. I said it's nothing new. It was just bizarre, you know. Uh, it, is, it happens. It's like you—you you did this dead lift many times using the same uh, grip, everything yeah. the same. Of course, the weight was the big difference because that was beyond your PR. <laughs> sure. But uh, other than that, I mean, it, and TJ was telling me about his injury. He was playing around. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was ridiculous. He said, "Well, I, us- I wish I had a good story like Greg to tell about my tear, but uh, it was not." <laughs>
1: yeah and that's those are probably have to be the most most frustrating ones i can only imagine how mad at yourself you would be um you know it yours was at least in a competitive scenario as was mine um you know it's to get hurt in search of your goal is one thing but to get hurt um you know kind of in an extraneous reason has to be the most frustrating one i can imagine and i was you know obviously very close with tj uh we still are close but we were Working together extremely closely at the time, um, so I spent a lot of time with him while he was recovering, and um, you know I know that that was driving him nuts. Yeah,
0: it's funny because uh, you were out of the bodybuilding scene for at least probably a couple of years, where you start doing a bunch of crazy other stuff like a marathon running and like what? What he's doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you never had any injury during those
1: time, right? Yeah, luckily. And I didn't pick any, uh, non-injury prone sports either. I mean, um, racing, racing motocross, like half those guys, when you, uh, go drink beer with a couple motocross riders, all they do is list off all the bones they've broken. Um, but thankfully I made it through a, a, probably a three year stint there of, you know, I was doing some motocross and endurance, uh, triathlon. The triathlon's pretty safe. Um, the adventure racing stuff you know that's you get banged up a little bit but mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I made it through all of that you know luckily unscathed so you never motorbike. fell you never fell from the motorcycle oh yeah I crashed I crashed I had some hard crashes and I had a concussion um, was the worst probably injury sustained and I had a, a shoulder that I landed on hard a couple times um, that but it never You know, it never, it was a pain in the butt for a few months, but it was nothing that like, it didn't break any bones or tear anything, Mm -hmm. thankfully. Yeah, because that's pretty dangerous. What are you jumping as well? That's actually why I stopped because motocross is one of those sports. And for those of you that have done it can attest to this that in that sport, the better you get, the more dangerous it is. Um, Because when you're not very good, you're not going very fast, um, it's more of like a tip over. Well, but when you are
0: really good, don't you feel that you have more
1: control? Sure, and that's why I didn't get hurt because I never—you know where your limits at. Like you can ride a motocross track at a point where this is as fast as I can go under control. When you start to race people, you to get an edge or to keep up with them, you go as fast as you can go plus some, Mm. and you might be able able to sustain that for a while, but chances are you'll make a mistake because it's faster than your skill set allows for, um, and I would just never allow myself to get there, and even now, like, I ride um, sport bikes, you know, on the track, and I, for that very reason, I do not have a lap timer, and I do (laughs) not race people, um, because I want to keep it fun, and wherever my skill set tops out at, I'm going to ride just under that Because I'm not, it's I don't, I'm not gonna earn a living uh, doing that. It's it's not worth. And my happiness is directly related to my body working yep. right. So I need to, I'll go do it, and it's a little risky, but I'm gonna do it in the safest way that I can.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, that's why you were able to do for so long. and never got really hurt.
1: Um, in, in yeah. that... Even then, though, like stuff happens on those bikes a lot. So I I do feel lucky that I never, you know, seriously hurt myself. Yeah, those years
0: uh, away from bodybuilding taught you a lot of things as well. As you said, uh, the the yeah. triathlon was pretty safe, but, I mean, things can happen. That As you were always big and running a lot, you know, knee problems never came. So, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of, it's the nature of sport. Like, you know, it's uh, not that I went through all those times pain-free. I think anytime you're athletic, especially in a competitive environment, it's all about pain management and and being smart. So it's taking time off or it's rehabbing things. You're kind of always in the state of that. I don't know anyone that you know at least competes in bodybuilding that doesn't have a list of things that bother them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you can avoid serious injury, obviously, is what you need to do.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, we need to. If we don't do anything, we're gonna have a different type of pain, right? Because our mo- our muscle will not be functioned properly when we try to use it. it will be painful. And if we train hard, we are going to have the soreness and other type of pain. So it will be pain management no matter what. So why not doing
1: for the sake of getting better physically, right? Uh, Yeah. And I just actually it's good timing because I just over the weekend, I just finished. It's a certification I've been uh, trying to get for a couple of years now. I finally completed it, but um, a uh, pain free performance certification. So it's all about addressing and preventing Pain while performing at a high level so that's uh as i as i get older and still try to to push the envelope you know being smart becomes more and more important and then certainly working with clients it's important skill set yeah you. i so saw i it's, saw it's part I of the saw your
0: story yesterday you saying that uh, after 12 years you're still learning how to do squat it's like wow that's 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 <laughs> a deep statement right there
1: yeah, yeah, 12, 12 years as a professional trainer, and I'm still learning how to squat. Did you learn anything <laughs> um, new on so that? I, you know, I did. Um, you know, I, I did. You always pick up something new when you're talking to experts in the field. Um, and and I think that we really got into assessing uh, positions based on body type. Um, not that that's something I haven't addressed before, but this was a new angle on it and, um, and really – being able to assess and measure individuals and 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 how they can squat pain-free because there's a lot of people that can squat heavy but it hurts a lot mm -hmm. too so um how to take somebody into a a more natural squat position uh, for their body um, was what we were really focusing on and i picked up a few a few tips for myself
0: i'm not sure if they covered that but what was their opinion about uh the depth of this squat as to the grass or just 90 degrees or it depends what is the most
1: effective? Yeah, that t- completely depends on your body. For some, for to to say that everyone should squat ass to grass is fallacy. That's not true, and not everyone should do that. Not even everyone should barbell squat. In fact, we learned, and this was one of the coolest things from the course: was um, there uh, the squat is a movement type. There's a hundred types of squats you can do: goblet squat, um, a front squat, a box squat, a safety bar squat, a zercher squat. You know, there's hundreds. And the barbell squat, while it's the most basic, is the most difficult version of the squat that anyone can do. So um, I think it's not to learn that not everyone needs to barbell squat and um, and find the squat that's best for you and make the progress there.
0: Yeah, I, li- I love this approach because there is this myth in the bodybuilding uh, industry that you gotta go Oops. as to grass in order to grow your legs. Otherwise you're cheating, not working you know and we know big guys like Dan Neumeyer, and he never did that and he mm-hmm. always was very uh um, um uh about the range of motion uh, the the right mm-hmm. range of motion to your body type you know so it, it varies according to to the the person
1: yeah definitely
0: all right my friend so I think we are exactly on time. Uh, thank you very much for all the insight, uh, knowledge of 12 years of personal training, uh, many years of competitive bodybuilding, motocross, uh, triathlons, <laughs> so many things. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're looking forward to, to work together again next year as, uh, as I come back. I always like a comeback. I like I I want to make this one an epic one. Uh in everything that I do, you know, I I go 100%. And I think that next year will be fun.
1: Yeah, I agree. I uh, I'm looking forward to your comeback as well and uh congratulations on this podcast. I think it was a great way to turn uh a lessons that you're learning into something that benefits others and um and pulling together these stories of know how people overcame injuries and setbacks um and and sharing that with others so i know for me this will i've personally given so much torn bicep advice over the years that i'll look forward to sharing this this episode with them next time you just send the link
0: here here, everything you need to know about it
1: (laughs) Yep. yeah here's the story here's the recovery um, let me know if there's any more questions <laughs> comment on Yuri's podcast yes. <laughs> <laughs> alright my friend thank you very much
0: again uh, congratulations on the excellent work I've seen how hidden gin has grown a lot uh, these days uh, you really beat COVID in all aspects uh, COVID didn't stop the gin to grow and that's amazing I- I've seen how, how busy you are and that's always always good Thank you, man. Thank you so much. And just uh, if you are in the DFW area, make sure to visit Hidden Gene, uh in Allen, right? That's it. Come see us. All right. Take care, my friends. See you next time.
1: All right. Bye, All right. Yuri. Bye.